Welcome to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, or better known as SALT. And once again, today we have with us Gary Bradley with the Mayfair Congregation out of Huntsville, Alabama. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Bob. It's great to be with you again. Well, I appreciate you taking time to be with us, and I really appreciate the information that you shared with us previously. And uh, there's an area that we have talked about before and that, that I mentioned to you. I, I really want to spend some time exploring uh, the concept of how to help a dying church and that difference between functional and dysfunctional elders. And I know you've done some work in that area, so I'll let you take it from there and kind of share with us uh, some information in regards to that. Well, this is in no way to be critical or um speaking in any disrespectful way about our leadership. It's just uh, leadership is so critical. We see it in the country. We see it in the business world. We see it even in sports. We see that leadership is the ability to take people from one position, to from one place to another place. And when when I talk to churches about growth, I ask them three questions. Who are you? Where are you going? And how are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. And the answer has to lie in the hearts of the leaders. The leaders need to know who they are. What do they do best? Number two, where will we, we be five years? That's vision to me is right. where will we, we be five years from now? All right, what plans are we making to get there? Well, then we have to admit that... Um, there, there are different strokes for different folks, right? And uh, some some leaders uh, uh, vary in their leadership skills. Some of them are type A personality. Some of them are type C personality. And and but they need to work together as a team. But I try to get them to see uh, that old habits are hard to break. Mm. And uh, I, I always go to Titus. Titus is my favorite book. It's the best book in the Bible on how to build a healthy church. Mm. And the reason Paul wrote the book of Titus was to straighten out. That's a military term that means to get everybody marching straight, walk, marching correctly, to get things in order and upon elders in every city. That means in every church. And so... Paul knew that the church wasn't ever going to accomplish the purpose that the Lord intended for the church to accomplish without the leadership. And he tells Titus Titus 1, 1 Timothy 3, the the qualifications. We know those well. Sure. But then we talk about functional leaders. And I see this. I've seen it over the years. And so I've just uh, decided to talk to them about it, and and we can say that functional leaders have the ability to live in the present, and dysfunctional leaders live in the past. I know that sounds very elementary, but it is so heartbreaking to talk to leaders about moving forward and maybe maybe, um, trying something they've never tried before. Right. And they say, well, we tried that and it didn't work. (laughs) Well, that killed it, you know. So uh, you can't go forward if you live in the past. I think Paul was right in Philippians 3, forgetting the things that are behind. Don't let even the failures or successes dominate the present or the future. Right. 
So it's difficult, and the older you get, the more of a challenge it is to live in the past. Talk about what they used I go to churches, and they talk about what they used to do, and I've, I kindly say, that's wonderful, that's nice. What are you doing now? You know, and uh, the scriptures put emphasis on the now. Right. And so that's just one, one of them. Uh, and again, I mentioned it indirectly a while ago. Leadership knows where they're going, and functional leaders know where they're going. Dysfunctional leaders have no idea. Right. I get the impression, Bob, sometimes they just want a preacher that Sunday, a song later, and communion is prepared, and uh, we'll, we'll worry about next Sunday, next Sunday. Sure. Kind of just keeping house. Yeah, that's it. And that's very detrimental. I, the statement I heard made one time was, as if our memories are greater than our dreams, we're already dying. Oh, my. How true that is. Mm-hmm. And yet that's, that's what happens. Uh-huh. As I, I've heard so many times people say, you know, back in the 19 mm-hmm. and then fill in the blank. Right. And we used to be and, and how many congregations that I visited that at one time had two or three hundred members and now they're down to 40 or 50 yeah. members. Are there other areas of functional dysfunctional? Mm, yeah, there, there, there are quite a few um, functional leaders do caring deeds. Dysfunctional leaders just get by. And what I mean by caring deeds is what I've experienced at Mayfair. Every Wednesday night, the elders meet after Bible study. And from 7.30 to 8 o'clock, they have somebody in the congregation that's had a hard time, they're in a difficult situation, or they've done something wonderful. But they will ask that family to come in with the elders and meet with them, and they'll talk and listen to them and pray with them. And I've heard the brethren talk more about that than anything the elders have ever done. And it it even, Bob, it even comes about, comes across like a joke. Well, we've been called into the elders, you know, like we're going to get (laughs) blessed out. And they come out crying, you know. Wow. Because the elders have prayed with them and, uh, let them know how important they are to the kingdom. Wow. So do caring deeds. And it's wonderful when I get a call and I get to the hospital and there are two elders already there. And that's rare. It is. It really is. They expect me to be there, and I'm glad to be there. I want to be there. But it just adds another layer of, of, of love and concern uh, on the part of the ones who are hurting. So for congregations that have an eldership that would be dysfunctional, what can they do to help turn that around and for their elders to uh, begin seeing or at least begin implementing ways to become more functional in nature? Uh, I mean, there has to be an awareness to some degree that things are dysfunctional, that, but yeah. what what kind of steps can they take that would help them move in a direction of being more functional in nature? Well, that again, a very good question, and I think knowledge is power. And so if they would study the book of Titus and look what Titus told them to do. So the point I was going to make about, about the leadership, I think what Ty, Paul was saying to Titus is be careful about your leadership. Be careful about who gets into leadership? 
because uh, it can change the dynamics of the church. It can kill it, or it can it can make it go forward. So, if we could just uh, apply the scriptures, which is a, a very always a, a big challenge, you know, applying it, reading it, memorizing it is one thing. Applying it is something else. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, just again, not wanting to be repetitive, but uh, finding out who we are. I, that's what I'm trying to do: is to get congregations. What do you do best? Like we've started doing World Bible School, and we're sixty. We've celebrated our seventieth birthday the other day, mm-hmm. and in the last three years, we have gotten deeply involved in World Bible School, and it has turned that church around. Wow! Because we have wives, we have mothers that haven't they've been at home raising babies but the kids are in school now and they come to the that room that's set aside as the world bible school uh is almost open 24 7 wow the young mothers are coming there grading papers and then bob when they teach their student and the student obeys god we put that in the bulletin that betty smith taught so and so from zimbabwe and he obeyed the gospel and so that plus realizing the importance of children's ministry, mm. we have uh, we we have we send out letters to visitors, and in that one of the pieces of uh, literature is uh, why did you come? And they put children's ministry. They didn't put preacher. They didn't put song leader. They didn't put fifteen million dollar building. Right. They put children's ministry, 95%. And so if we don't have children and we're not evangelizing, our days are numbered. Yes. So let's, I want to play, maybe this will be our last question here, but one of the great challenges, and this is one of the areas of work that I'm I'm trying to emphasize when I work with congregations, and I'm sure that you're dealing with the same thing uh, on different levels. So we've got we've got congregations that have elders, but I, I know of very, very few. I mean, just one or two congregations that actually have some sort of a plan in place where they are working with preparing the next generation to lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're actually, I guess, mentoring to some That's degree right. uh, others who will fill their place when mm-hmm. they're gone. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, I'd like to talk for just a few minutes about your thoughts on what you would suggest to elders that would help them put in place something to prepare future generations to lead. Because it is true that if we don't have this uh, a children's ministry, we don't have our younger folks staying involved in the church and working. So what can they do to help them uh, to really prepare them so that they're ready to lead when the time comes? Yeah. Well, I think mentoring is the number one thing. That's the most hands-on, getting this young daddy to go to the hospital with me, getting, you know, pick out a young man in the congregation sure. that will understand what it means to be a shepherd. He doesn't want to be a uh, a board member. He, he likes, he's hands-on, he loves people. He would make a great elder. Well, he needs to follow a great elder. And uh, so mentoring. Another thing, Bob, I think, is the attitude of the congregation toward the eldership. Mm. 
I think that has a lot to do with it. If they are under the gun, if they're criticized, if they're never bragged on. I've, I've been in congregations where there are pictures of the elders in the lobby. I've been in one church. I've been in 50, probably 50 churches in the last four years. And I've been in one church that had the pictures of the deacons all the way across the lobby. Hmm. And I thought, wow, isn't that great? Boy, I think I'd like to be a deacon. Yeah. Uh, you know, the congregation can, can uh, and then I was helping a church between preachers, and uh, one of the deacons got up and said, we're going to have an elder appreciation Sunday next, year, next wow. Sunday. And I said, I've been in the church. I was born on Tuesday and went to church on Sunday. And I have never seen an appreciation dinner yes. for the elders. I don't know that I've even heard of it. I know it. So, so we can do ahead. both things. You right. know, the, the, the elders can, can start mentoring, and the congregation ought to realize what it means for a young man to assume that awesome responsibility. Yes. And praise him for it and encourage him. We talk about encouraging the preacher, and I'm all for that. Right. But how many of us encourage elders? Well, and I, I can't help but think about how many times as parents do we Ooh, tell our young oh. boys growing up, you need to grow yeah. up to be an elder. Right, right. I mean, we sure don't tell them to grow up to be preachers. I mean, <laughs> it might be a doctor, a lawyer, <laughs> right. anything else. But but encouraging them to one day serve as mm -hmm. an elder. And, mm -hmm. and I've met a few younger men that— in their early 20s, and, and they are literally preparing themselves. I mean, they're working because they do want to one day serve. That is elder. amazing. Yes, that's got to happen. Yeah, and if we could begin that in the home, and mm -hmm. I just can't help but think about what the future would look like for the church. That's true. Have more who are doing that. Right. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you taking time. I know it's a busy time for you. And, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, but I look forward to spending more time with you in the I future. I do as well. Thank doing you. Some things together. Thank but, you uh, for everything you're doing for the leadership in the church. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for tuning in today to uh, SaltCast. Again, my name is Bob Turner. We've been talking with Gary Bradley from the Mayfair Congregation in Huntsville, Alabama. And we ask that you'd continue to tune in each week as we try to explore areas of leadership that can help the church uh, of today. Thanks again, and God bless.